0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your
0: hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. We're back. We're in slightly better moods, I would say from the last time that you saw us. I don't know. Verder, I'm still looking a little grumpy. How are you feeling, Matt?
1: Okay. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to uh the Chargers game. You, you get, you know, it's recording a Thursday, so week 3 officially begins today with the Panthers and whatever the hell the Texans are. And um, then we can we can get into it. I think I think today is always a day looking at it like you move on. As, as a player, you got to move on like the second the game's over. But as a as a fan or an analyst, or whatever, once the once the new week starts, then you've got to just okay, it's it's over, it's behind you, whatever. You move on to what's in front of you. And I think now you can do that if you're you know, a Chiefs fan, you can head to the Chargers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Time to move on. It it hurt. It was annoying. There are concerns. We'll talk about some of those concerns. But I've got a concern that's probably even greater than that of the chief's defense i can't find count chocula anywhere that's a tragedy i i've been i've been to the jewel which is a a grocery stain grocery store here in chicago i've I've looked at walmart i have looked at marianos another grocery store here in chicago i don't know somebody told me that they could they had it at target and like, I'm a little bit annoyed because there's not like a target super close to me, so I'm gonna have to drive really far. Of course, it's worth it, but I'll be pissed if I go all the way out to some random target outside of the city and they don't have Count Chocula. But like, my wife went to over the weekend. She ran was running to the store to pick some things up, and I said, "Hey, listen, if you can you head down the cereal aisle for me, and if you see Count Chocula, pick me up a box." She comes home and she's like all proud of herself. And she's like, I got you Count Chocula. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, oh my God, I'm going to give you another ring, right? Yeah. She she pulls out of the bag. Do you remember back in the summer when I found those Count Chocula cereal bars? Yeah. And I was like reviewing them. She pulls out a box of those and she's like, I found Count Chocula. And I was like, that's not, I mean, look, it's better than nothing.
1: You should have taken the first ring. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right right and then she was upset with me because i was like annoyed that she didn't get that it wasn't actually count chocula even though she did me a favor because i'm a horrible person um but yeah so we got a problem i don't know what i'm gonna do i might need some of you out there in the kingdom to procure me some and just mail it to me uh you can't I'd find you that know, target something. i haven't gone to target yet because it's kind of but far you gotta away to go to target man that's it, what yeah. they've got I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock off work a little earlier or something today and go um, and pick up Halloween decorations stuff, get the house in order for my favorite season, and just see if I can find some Count chocolate, But I'm starting to get it was this, it's the first day of fall yesterday, and I haven't had any Count chocolate yet, and I'm getting really uh, nervous.
1: I'm, I'm about to polish off my fourth box. I um, <laughs> did I, you I, stock did. up? Yeah, I did. I bought four of them. <laughs> Um Target's where it's at, man. I can't find it anywhere else, so I get it at Target all right Uh, um so that that's where you gotta go that's where you gotta go but i appreciate your dedication to the season that you're literally uh, essentially just just taking money from the company to go to go get count chocula and uh some halloween decorations good for you
0: yeah yeah just gotta your priorities are really important i think the company understands that okay um so we got a great show for you today Now, listen, we appreciate your support. You always hook us up over on Apple Podcasts. You leave us reviews and five-star ratings over there. Please keep doing that, especially because recently we had a a few grumpy people not like our show. So we got to wash those guys away. Um, But (laughs) the, the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel is up and running. It's been up for a couple weeks now. And I'll tell you what, as far as YouTube channel launches go, we've had Byron Pringle, Tony Gonzalez, Mitchell Schwartz, and Alex Smith. As far as interviews over at the YouTube channel goes, that's not too bad in uh, two and a half weeks. I would say that that is reason enough to get your ass over there and subscribe. You could do it at YouTube.com/slash podcast. We're just bringing it. We're doing live shows after the games uh, on Sundays uh, in the evenings. Uh, pretty, pretty great stuff. Am I right, Verdam? Absolutely. Look, it's been it's been fun. It's been different, and we we really
1: went into the weeds on the Ravens game, which is I'm sure painful for all involved, but, um, maybe necessary. So the YouTube channel has been a joy to launch and we really have had some great guests between Alex Smith and Byron Pringle and, and, and Mitchell Schwartz, of course, who was our first guest on the YouTube channel. Um, and we're working on, on some other ones. I, I reached out to a very famous former player yesterday. We'll see if that'll, that'll happen. Um, hell Patrick, I are not even in the loop yet on that one. So, um, We'll, yeah, see. I wonder who
0: it is. I have to guess. Yeah, tell me after the show. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: we'll, we'll get in touch <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's great. We're we're working on a lot of different stuff, and uh, it's it's um, it's really been a nice addition to the the audio version of the podcast.
0: Yeah, and you guys have been great, and you've been supporting us, and uh, yeah, you know, I mentioned Alex Smith, and that's another reason to subscribe because sometimes when we get these interviews, you know, if you just listen to the audio version, and please keep doing that sometimes when we get these interviews, we drop those on the YouTube channel ahead of the actual podcast. So for, you know, for example, we talked to Alex Smith, what, two days ago? Uh, Monday, uh, yes. I think we did. Yeah, or yeah, Monday, Monday or Tuesday. So it, it's been up over there, and over three thousand people have watched it. We're gonna play it for you here in just a minute. For those of you who have been over the YouTube channel, um, but this way you know you got the audio version over here. You want to watch it? There's a video version over at the YouTube channel. It's awesome, and and you get you get in on some exclusive giveaways. We're giving away a Patrick Mahomes jersey this week for folks that uh, you know like us on Twitter and are subscribed to the YouTube channel. So you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel to be in on this jersey and we're giving it away tomorrow on Bread Friday. So if you hear this before then, make sure you're subscribed. And and every time we do one of these giveaways, everybody on the YouTube channel is, that subscribes is gonna be eligible every time. You don't have to, it's not just for the new people, but it's a great promotional tool for us and we appreciate sure. you all support. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um,
1: and yeah, if you hear this before that deadline, go ahead and subscribe. It's, uh, it's a good opportunity to get a Patrick Mahomes jersey, which are, th- those are not cheap. So no. <laughs> um, go out and, and procure one, then watch them uh, hopefully light up the Chargers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate all your support. Okay, we're going to preview Chiefs Chargers in just a minute. But first, we're going to kick it to our boy, Alex Smith. Great interview. Alex was working with Gatorade. Definitely check out uh, the interview, and then we'll see you on the other side, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what Alex said, and then we'll get into the game.
1: Now I want to welcome a very special guest to the Arrowhead Addict podcast. You might remember him. He played quarterback for your Chiefs for five years from 2013 to 17, turned a pretty bad franchise, into a really good one. Alex Smith, welcome to the pod, man. Appreciate you coming on. Um, Let's get it right at the top you're working with Gatorade here you're doing something pretty unique pretty special and you are going to be virtually dropping in with Mission Viejo High School out in LA just explain a little bit of what you're doing it's pretty interesting how they're going to use some sweat technology to help athletes
2: yeah I, mean, I, I think this is uh the first of its kind it's a game changer um you know to have something like this the convenience of it literally uh now you can slap this patch on go to practice, go do your workout, whatever it is, grab your phone and scan uh, scan the patch and get personalized information and data about your hydration, about your refueling. Um, I think it's it's insane uh, that technology and science has come this far, pump that the Gatorade's putting this out. So it was fun. Yeah, I visited with Mission Viejo a little earlier. Uh, they're testing them out today at practice. So I was telling the story. I remember specifically, especially in Kansas City, I do remember Rick Burkholder, the trainer there, and Gatorade came in and, and we're going to do this personalized sweat test for a bunch of guys on the team. And I think there were like five of us that got selected. And it, of course it was like Jamal Charles and Travis Kelsey and me and, you know, like very specific players, but, you know, stick these patches all over your body. You had to put this like giant Bane mask on your face and you jumped on a treadmill and we ran on a, tre- you had to run on a treadmill for like half an hour. Uh and then they they collected these these patches, they like, sent them off to a lab and you got your information weeks later, you know, about what kind of sweater you were, you know, as far as like your personalized sweat profile, so that you could kind of you could get personalized hydration, you know, for the rest of your certainly that year career uh moving forward. All of that said, now you literally just slap a patch on, go to practice and scan it when you're done with your phone. And, you know. Now, anybody, certainly a ton of amateur athletes can get the exact same personalized data that usually only the most elite athletes had access to. Uh, and I think it's because of this kind of advancement and, 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 and a wearable and in science. So really cool. I think people will be surprised to find out how different they are, uh, you know, from person to person as far as these sweat profiles, profiles go and what you need and, and what your body's looking for.
1: You know, a half hour on the treadmill, my, my profile would have been an ambulance. Um. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same.
1: Jeez. So, yeah. But uh, look, you know, you mentioned Travis Kelch. I wanted to ask you about him. He might be tracking toward being the greatest tight end in NFL history. He's, he's already a Hall of Fame player. You saw him when he came in as a rookie, third round pick out of Cincinnati, and obviously progressing into the all pro he is now. What did you see from his maturation from coming in? Because he was kind of a, a different dude when he first got there. And now it seems like he's really been one of the leaders of the team
2: um yeah i mean like you said i think kelsey's doing stuff at, at Kels. I, I keep i i can't have you guys figured that out yet the last name thing i don't know that he's i was given. him i was giving him yeah, was giving a him hard time i'm not sure he does either uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean I, I think no doubt he's on a trajectory that nobody at tight end has ever had to have that kind of consistency year in year out um you know to the start of a career yeah kelsey kelsey was definitely a, a different personality when he came in, you know, he was kind of dealing with an injury. Um, he didn't really even play that first year, ended up having knee surgery that was kind of bothering him and nagging him. Um, but yeah, you know, Trav had a little knucklehead in him. You know, I, I I think, you know, still kind of finding his way as we all, all do, especially as young players in this league. Um, but to see his maturation, I think, and for me, for him to find the balance. and And I really do give a lot of credit to coach Reed and just kind of the environment there where, it wasn't about trying to put the clamps on a guy like Travis and his personality. Um, I think instead just kind of trying to refine it, that he that he could find a balance, that he can be a leader, but he can still be crazy and silly and have fun, uh, be goofy. But that, that's what makes him him. That's what makes him unique. And I think he's really thrived in an environment like that that, that Coach Reed's um, kind of created about embracing your personality, being yourself. Um, and it, it's been fun to watch because he, he's such a unique person on top of being an amazing player. And it's fun to see him play with that kind of emotion uh, to wear it. And, and like I said, do have really matured and grown in, grown into a leader. Um, I recently got to visit the team and it was crazy to hear I mean, Travis is the most tenured guy on the team, you know, as far as Kansas wow. city years and uh, it just kind of a sign of how far he's come um, and what he means to that team. And, and someone I think that everybody kind of feeds off of, uh, but to see him kind of grow into that leadership role has been really cool from afar.
0: Yeah, he's definitely on a Hall of Fame track. Alex, your old team, the Chiefs, they're in a rough start to the season. Uh, tough loss last night, but particularly on, I, mean, I know you're an, an analyst now with ESPN, so you're tapped into everything. They've been struggling on defense, and 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 we we work a lot with the fans, and they're starting to worry. You've been on teams that have started slow and rebounded. What is your advice to Chiefs fans that feel like the sky is falling for their favorite team after just two weeks?
2: Well, I think that's a bit crazy. Uh, you know, one fluke fumble away from being 2-0 and against two playoff teams. Uh, the second one was on the road, uh, you know, last night in a hostile environment. And, um, you know, like I said, one play, one fluke play um, from everybody being, you know, really happy at this point. I think no one, what kind of leader Spags is, um, no one kind of leader Tyron Matthew is on that side of the ball. I think they're going to get it figured out. I think you do have to give a lot of credit to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. You know, they lost the opening week. It was a must-win game for them. I don't know if you guys saw in the locker room, even post-game, John Harbaugh, some of his comments. like That they're, that was about as big as a must-win game you get week two ever in the NFL. They, they really um, – I think had their backs up against the wall, which is crazy to say two weeks in. So I, I don't think it's cause for overreaction in Kansas city. I think spags and that side of the ball are going to get it figured out. And I think the offense is so good that really that, that defensive side of the ball needs to be opportunistic. You know, they need to make plays here and there. They need to come up with some stops, create some turnovers. I think you saw that last night. You know, I, I, I don't think that that wasn't there. I think they certainly, they were playing a really good, um, unit on offense with Lamar, a very unique, you know, offense. They're hard to prepare for the Ravens. They, they play a style and an offensive scheme that nobody else in, in the NFL plays. So um, I, I don't think it's cause for a reaction. I think it's early on. I want to see improvement over the course of the season, week in week out from that defensive side. Uh, I think that's going to be far more important and telling come, you know, December and January than anything else.
1: I got to ask, everybody I'm sure asks you about Mahomes, right? I mean, you guys, obviously, everybody knows he came in 2017, sat behind him for a year. He's been really complimentary of you and vice versa. Everybody talks about Mahomes like he's perfect, right? Like he's a great basketball player and he's a great baseball player and he's obviously a great football player. I want you to give me something that he's not good at. What is he not? Does he have terrible penmanship? Is is he actually secretly terrible at basketball with the hoop in the locker room? Like what, What is he not good at?
2: I don't know if he's improved on this, but he can't order a steak. I'll tell you that. You
0: know. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. well, well done with ketchup. Um, <laughs> I hopefully he's grown from that From my days. I used to give him a really hard time at a bunch of our QB dinners. Uh, no, I think this, I think the amazing thing about Patrick that I think it's important for young kids and listeners to understand out there, Patrick is not afraid of competition. He's not scared of losing. Like he, he will jump in anything and everything and he doesn't blink because he loves to compete, but he it's like Jordan taking the last shot thing. Like, yeah, he makes a bunch of them, but he missed a ton, too. And you can't be afraid of missing to take that shot, you know? And and I think that's the thing about Patrick. Like, he just loves – he loves to play. Is he perfect? Heck no. You know, are you kidding? Uh, he's – you know, the quarterback tradition there was we would play Chiefs on that basketball hoop in the locker room. So instead of horse, you played Chiefs. Patrick's got some game. He does have some basketball game. I'm not going to deny him that. So I don't want to. He 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 is a pretty good player, um, but he's definitely not. He's definitely not perfect. I I definitely got him more often than not on the goalpost game. He could use work there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I'd say that. Like Patrick just loves competition. He's a normal. He's like, you know, in a in a way, it's like endearing. Like come in. He he he's not trying to pretend something he's not. He loves sports, he loves ball. He grew up around his dad in baseball. Like he he loves competing.
1: Last thing I know got we got about yeah. 30 seconds left. Your favorite game playing as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Um Josh, there's probably a few if I had to pick one, certainly the the big playoff win. Um, you know, and then what however long that drought was, uh, was a big one. You know, the the home opener against the Chargers. Leading that comeback was a big win. And then certainly, uh, you know, beating the Patriots. uh, I think that was the following year when they were unveiling their banner and everybody was talking about them going 16-0. It was kind of fun to, I I think, shock the country a little bit with that game. Um, Yeah, those are a few that that come to mind.
1: All right. Well, Alex Smith, thank you so much for joining the Arrowhead Act podcast, giving us a few minutes, of course, working with Gatorade, the GX Sweat Patch helping athletes figure out how to hydrate best to keep themselves in the right shape, keep themselves healthy. Alex, appreciate it so much, man. Best of luck to share with the ESPN. I hope to talk to you down the road.
2: Thanks fellas. Good talking with you.
0: All right. We are back. Thank you guys for checking out the Alex Smith interview. Um, didn't get a ton of time with him. You know, he's making the rounds, but it was really cool to talk to him. First time I've gotten to talk to him in person. Vertorim, had you interviewed him before?
1: No, no, I've never spoken to him. Um, But he was great. Obviously, you have to listen to the uh, the conversation there. He's really insightful. And I think a lot of what he said is really – I don't want to say true because, I mean, it is true. But it's – you know, about kind of where the Chiefs are after the Baltimore game. I think if you're a player, you just view it so much differently Mm -hmm. than on the outside, right? Like, to a fan – and by the way, rightfully so. Like, to a fan – you know, you wait all week for the game. The game happens. The Chiefs lose that game the way they do. It's really frustrating. You start to panic, like, oh, what's going on? What's wrong with this team? Or I think as a player, it's more like, man, that really sucks. I got away from us. All right, well, going back to work on Monday, day off Tuesday. You know, I think it's more of like that the kind of melodic quality than as a fan where it's like, ugh, they lost. Now I got to think about the game. And whereas as a player, I think those guys, like, listen, that game probably bothered them till about middle of the day, Monday. And then it's like, all right, we got to get ready for the next game. Like, you can't, right? You don't have the luxury of a player, of, as a player, of sitting there for like four days and being annoyed about the game. You, you just don't. Like, you, you can't yeah. do that. Or you'll lose the next game.
0: Yeah. And it's their job. And they're like, yeah, I think to your point, we look forward to it all week. And not that they don't, but it's, it's, they're showing up for work. It's a business trip, it's right? Their job. And, yeah. yeah, and for us, it's it's entertainment, and so it stings a little bit. And this team can be so entertaining. And look, there's going to be games this season where they blow teams out and stuff, and those are really fun games to watch. You crack open a beer, you watch Mahomes do ridiculous things. This is great. We finally have a good team. and And the last couple of weeks have been super stressful as a fan and frustrating because the defense hasn't been playing well, and you feel like, oh man, like you know, you're thinking about the future, and the team can't do that. I mean, obviously they need to think about the future. They need to fix things, but they're they're going into the lab and they believe in themselves. These are professional football players. You don't get to this level without believing in yourself. So if you think right. that Chris Jones or Frank Clark and Derek Nottie and all these guys are like, yeah, we're going to be terrible on defense all year. I guess this is just the way it is. Don't be surprised if they turn it around. We've seen this happen before. The year they won the Super Bowl. Defense was terrible earlier in the year and then got things shored up a little bit, became opportunistic, and then they won the Super Bowl. And it was the defense... Who had to go out there and stop the 49ers, from from, from from and and they did it. So I think that's what Alex Smith said: is I think this is a defense that needs to be opp- opportunistic, and he believes in Spags and says that Spags is a good leader. So maybe all all you out there with the we need to fire Spags. It might be time to pump the brakes on the those. Oh, it's so.
1: definitely time to pump the brakes on I mean. that. People need to calm down about that. They they're not. You're not like if you ever had a bad day at work. Maybe a bad week. Did, did, did your boss come out and go, listen, it's time to let you go? You've done some incredible work, but you had a bad week this week. You know, didn't like the projections. You're going to have to move on from you. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, if you fired a coordinator or a coach after every bad week or even a bad couple of weeks, I mean, if that, every coach would be, Belichick would have been fired 50 times over, but you yeah. can't, you can't do that. Look, I've had, obviously, like hear Chiefs fan in the world, time to think about that game and the last couple games and where they should go from here. And I've come to a few conclusions that I'm really going to stick with throughout the year. I'm not even that concerned about how many running yards or rushing yards they give up because teams can run all day long, but it comes down to two things for me. Third down and red zone. If the Chiefs are good on third down and they're good in the red zone or a passable in the red zone, they're going to win every game they play. It doesn't matter. You can move the ball to the 20. 20- if you kick a field goal against Kansas City, you might as well take the ball and punt it into the stands. It just doesn't matter. They're never losing games because teams are kicking field goals. And for me, that's been the most frustrating part of this whole thing to this point is they have been brutal in the red zone. They were dead last last season. They made it a point of emphasis. They talked about it all offseason and that teams are eight for eight scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, that, that kind of crap is what kills you. And the, the amazing thing is, and this is, I actually think this is a point of, to show how, how great they are in some ways. So they are 8 for 8, which if you like to look at it the other way, 0 for 8 as a defense in the red zone. They played two top 10 teams in the league, and no one would argue that. And yet here the Chiefs are, 1 and 1, and if Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't fumble, probably 2 and Like yeah. They're that dominant. And that's where I look at the Chiefs and say, listen, do they have to get better? Absolutely. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. And by the way, they can't give up six yards a clip on the ground like they're doing right now. Who? who also, by the way, fun note, who's second worst in the league? The Chargers at 5.6. Point. Um, but, you know, look, if you're Kansas City, there's no doubt. You've got to be much better. Now, for, for the record, on third down so far, if you're wondering, they are 24th in the league, 44.4% allowed. Okay? Eight of 18. The Chargers, they're twenty fifth. They're right behind it. So, but the problem is the red zone. No team has given up more red zone touchdowns. Atlanta, who's giving up forty points a game, has given up fewer red zone touchdowns than Kansas City. Okay, now there are some teams that are one hundred percent in terms of giving it up. The Raiders are actually one of them, but only three trips in the red zone. Detroit, Carolina, Green Bay, all right? But this has been a problem for the Chiefs now for years. If they win on third down. And they win in the red zone. And I'm just talking like average. I'm not saying like they even have to be top. If they're just like middle of the league in those two categories, they're never losing another football game. Because the offense is so ridiculous that if they're good at just limiting teams to a field goal here and there, if they're good at getting off the field on third downs,
0: forget it. But that has obviously not been the case the first two weeks. And this is – Largely the same team you I mean you make the you can make the argument they should be better they should be better on defense than they have in the last couple of years because of of some of the additions that they've made Hughes Willie Gay Bolton looks like he's going to be able to be a player for them as he continues to to get up to speed Jerron Reed so you know there's some maybe some gelling that's happening it's early in the season are they going to be a great dominant defense? Doesn't look like it, but you you just never know. But yeah, they're giving up, they've given up 404 yards rushing. They're averaging 202 yards per game, uh, giving up on rushing. That's horrendous. That is far and away the worst. The next one is uh Seattle's given up 162.5 and then the charges at 162. But if you're worried about Clyde Edwards Alaire, he should be able to move the ball on the ground in this game. If he can't then I don't know I don't know what to tell you but um my biggest yeah. concern with him is just the complete lack of vision he has
1: sometimes there are yeah. times where you watch the film and he has holes the size of Texas and just runs into somebody's rear end you're like how yeah. do you how do you not see that you're running back that was always to me of all the things that made Jamal Charles great that was always the thing that to me was the most impressive he yeah. would find the tiniest sliver of daylight, and of course, with his speed, he would just zoom through it, and it'd a, you know, it would be, you know, would would have been a two-yard gain turned into a seven-yard gain. I don't expect Claudio alaire to be Jamal Charles. I do expect him to be able to run to daylight, and there have been plays where he's had big holes. I mean, they're not struggling to run the ball because they can't block. Their offensive line has been really, really good this year. Their problem has been he just does not see the hole. And I, I got to tell you, I don't know what you do with that other than say, maybe it's time, you know, Jared McKinnon gets some more snaps. Maybe it's time Darryl Williams gets some more snaps. But I don't think that's going to happen because Edwards Allaire is a first round pick. And, and like most teams, will try to justify that till the end of time. I don't think he's the best running back in the team. Like, I really don't. I, I would rather have McKinnon or Darryl Williams out there. Now, look, I, it's not because I think Edwards Allaire is an unplayable guy. I don't want have him misconstrued. I just think that right now he's not a blocking back. He cannot block and he does not have great vision. He doesn't. And the thing that I, I've seen people say this, so like, yeah, but he's going to get better. You know, it's r-. guys kind of either have vision or they don't. Like he's not just all of a sudden going to wake up tomorrow and be, you know, I really should have hit that cutback lane.
0: Like he just, right?
1: you kind of have a feel for that. And I, I just worry with him that that's kind of who he is.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen him have good games, we've seen him run well. it's tough man but i agree with you i look mckinnon's a good player man he's had some injury issues i think but i would at least start giving him a series here and there and just kind of see what happens um because of all the running backs you know when he caught that screen he looked the most electric he looked quick he looked powerful trying to trying to ram his way into the end zone like it was a small sample size but he ran well in the preseason as well i i would start getting him mixed in a little bit if you're not seeing what you want to see from clyde because you got to know what you have in these other guys all right let's talk a little bit more about the game here so this is a big one and it's really interesting because as you as you pointed out the chargers who i think we all thought they're going to have a really strong defense this year. They've got Bosa. They've got Derwin James. Chris Harris Jr. is, is, is dealing with an injury. Um, in fact, actually, let's let's just get through the injury report real quick. So for the Chiefs, everybody's practicing, but Chris Jones, Anthony Hitchens, and Naughty, Derek Naughty were limited on Wednesday with a wrist, abdomen, and hip, respectively. I'm sure all those guys will be fine. That is a, a tough game. Uh, On Sunday night, they were getting; those guys were getting pounded. Um, They weren't hitting anybody, but they were getting pounded. So uh, I'm sure Andy's just kind of letting them uh, heal up a little bit. It's a long season. On the Chargers side, three really interesting did not practice: Joey Bosa, the foot and ankle; Derwin James with the toe. We know he's had his injury history. And then Chris Harris Jr. with a shoulder. Chris Harris Jr. did not play last week. So he sounds right. like right now probably the long shot to, to maybe not not be on the field on Sunday. I'm it, From the little bit I was able to find, it sounds like Bosa and, and James may just be precautionary. They're a little banged yep. up, and they're giving them Wednesday off. So, But keep an eye on the injury report. If you see them not practicing today— then, then if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm getting a little bit concerned because generally you want them to, to have practiced by Friday for them to play on Sunday, but not with, not with guys like that. Um, you know, If they're ready to go on Sunday, they'll play them. But interesting, interesting. Not not where you want to be if you're the Chargers, having your three best defensive players a little bit banged up.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Um, look, this is definitely not uh, ideal for the Chargers. and I, I always – Look, I get the whole precautionary thing. I would anticipate that James and Post will play, but those guys are hurt a lot. Like it would also freak me out if I was a Chargers fan. I'd be like, well, why are they? Why are they not practicing already? Like we're playing the Chiefs since week three. That those guys aren't aren't going to be able to get out there yet. So that would that would concern me. Um, you know, now listen, I think uh, you know this is a game where. If if those two guys don't make big impacts, I don't think the Chargers can stop the Chiefs once. I really feel that way. I you said at the beginning of if you, what you were talking about there that you know a lot of people thought Chargers have a good defense. I gotta be honest. Maybe I'm one of the rare I did not think they'd be good this year defensively. I thought they'd be good offensively. Bosa and James are it. You go look at that team, go find me who else is an upper echelon player defensively. I mean, Michael Davis a decent corner. You mentioned how, I actually really like Asante Samuel Jr., the rookie corner there out of FSU, second-round pick. I remember talking to him pre-draft. He's a super interesting kid. Uh, obviously, his father was a great player. Um, their front seven is atrocious outside of Bosa. Like I, if you're the Chiefs, I will say this. If you can't run in this game, give it up. I mean, just give it up. If you can't run the ball against the Chargers front seven, if Edward Delaire can't find some holes, some creases, and gain 100 yards in this one, should they try to do that, forget it. I, they really, if they, if this is the game they can't get off the schneid running the football, I I think it basically just becomes one of those things where you're like, all right, well, we just can't run the ball again. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Look, Derwin James has been the one guy who one-on-one has done a good job with Kelsey when he's played him. Now I don't think they have anybody who can guard Hill. Even doubling him, I think they're going to have a hard day. They just do not have – Another very good safety, Nasser Adderley, who was a second-round pick the same year Thornhill was. He's been kind of of an injury-riddled guy for them, hasn't made a big impact. Their corners, again, especially if Harris doesn't play, it's not a group like with all due respect to Davis and Samuel. I mean, you're putting one of those guys on Tyreek and hoping you stop him. Good luck. I I don't think that's happening. So I think the Chiefs are going to be able to do a lot of things offensively. They're going to score a lot of points. And the Chargers have given them trouble in the past with their cover three defenses. But don't forget, this is a new defense now. This is not that defense. So I think Kansas City is going to score a lot. The question is, how many points do the Chargers score? Which I think also right. is probably going to be a lot. Yeah,
0: and let's talk about how many points we think the Chargers can score. Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. Struggling a little bit this year. He's for a lot of yards. They're throwing a ton in in their games so far uh i believe he's thrown over 30 times in each game. yeah 41 attempts actually for four, over 40 attempts 40 against Dallas last week uh 41 i'm sorry and then 47 attempts against the football team uh the yep. chargers lost to Dallas last week at the end of the game 20 to 17 they beat the football team in week 1 20 to 16 that was a game, remember, where Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. They brought in Tyler Haneke, who looks like he might be a starting quarterback. Um, so what we've seen of him so far, he's definitely shown some promise. But that's a we'll worry about the football team in a few weeks here. But for Herbert, throwing for a lot of yards, he's completing 70% of his passes, uh, 7.7-yard average, but only two touchdowns and three interceptions. He's turning the ball over a lot. And one of the reasons why might be pressure that teams have been able to get on him. We know we've talked about in this podcast that he stands in well against pressure, but he's been sacked four times, two times in each game. So having a little bit of difficulty keeping him upright, is this a big opportunity, for him for the Chiefs defense to pin their ears back a little bit and try to get after Herbert and force him into some mistakes?
1: I think they're going to have to. And, and, and look, if you, you know, I've got the pro football reference page pulled up, which, by the way, is, is just an incredible... A wealth of knowledge, and so if you look at his numbers, he's only been inaccurate, according to Pro Football Reference, on 10.5 percent of throws, which is great for reference. Mahomes has been inaccurate on 15.2 percent. So Herbert, look, he's he's dotting it up. Nobody has more on-target throws than Justin Herbert, 73. Now again, he's had 88 attempts. So out of 70, out of 88 times, he's hit the guy right in the number 73 times. Um, if you're looking at his on-target percentage, I mean, he's right there, right at the top, 84.9, right? So he's been somebody who has caused issues. Now, I do think it's interesting. I always try to look at like, air yards because, you know, how much of it is run after the catch? How much of it, you know, is 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 thrown deep? Well, Herbert's fourth in the league with 675 passing yards. You mentioned 88 attempts. It's a lot of attempts. Um, But... He's thrown for quite a bit in the air. I mean, he he really has. In fact, he he's basically there, um, with with Mahomes right right toward the top top five. So they they've thrown a lot of intermediate routes They're down the field. Um, this is going to have to be something that they you know the Chiefs are ready for. Mike Williams is a good deep ball receiver. He's a big guy. If I'm Kansas City, I would put Sneed on Allen, and I would I would put Hughes on on Williams. Hughes is a big guy. He's physical. He's kind of like Breland was, maybe a little bit more of an athletic profile. And I think if you're the Chiefs, look, the matchup you have to win in this game. That you have to win. Jones has to be able to beat Storm Norton, their backup right tackle, and yeah. beat him like a drum. I like To the point that the Chargers have to double him, leave guys in. like Because I'll tell you right now, Rashawn Slater, their first-round pick, their left tackle, that guy looks unbelievable. I mean, he's probably going to race Frank Clark from the game. So if you're the Chiefs and they have an all-pro center, Corey Lindsley up front, okay, but the right side of their line is not good. Brian Balaga is on IR for them. Okay, He's out a few weeks. So the Chargers are, are missing their right tackle, their high-priced right tackle. And then if you look at the other side, look, you got Slater on the left side, Matt Filer, who they signed as a guard uh, away from, from Pittsburgh in the offseason three-year deal. But they have Ode Abushi at right guard and Storm Norton at right tackle. You have to win your matchups on that side of the line. You have to win those. I would expect that the Chiefs, when they bring blitzes, will bring it to the left side to try to force them to slide protection so that the Chiefs get one-on-one matchups on the right side. If Kansas City cannot win those matchups, and Herbert is time to throw in this game, the winner is going to be whoever the hell has the ball last. That's it because the Chargers are going to score at will if Kansas City cannot get pressure on that side.
0: Well, let's talk about Austin Eckler because he, given the way that the Chiefs have been playing on defense, is is probably the primary concern heading into this game. Now they yeah. haven't been running him. They haven't been running him. A t- so he had 15, 15 carries for fifty seven yards against the football team and a touchdown. He had no receptions in that game. Herbert's eating up a lot of the offensive snaps, throwing the ball, and rightfully so. Uh, but he only averaged 3.8 against Washington. They're a good defense They were very strong last year. Against Dallas, who's not a good defense. They ran a, they ran a little less, only nine carries for Eckler, but six six point zero yards per, per carry, fifty-four yards, and they threw the ball to him nine times for sixty-one yards. So he's a dual threat. That's a problem for the Chiefs. They've they've not traditionally been good against these dual threat running backs. Now they're not good against running backs, period. But Dallas did manage to hold them to the Chargers' 17 points. Um, what? How concerned are you that we're going to see a little bit of what we saw against Cleveland, where the Chargers mix it up, they're running the ball, they're throwing, they're throwing passes out of the backfield, and and I think, you know, right now if I had to take a, in a draft Herbert or Mayfield, I'm I'm taking Herbert. Oh my so God, yeah. th- that's concerning with the play-action game and the Chiefs focusing on stopping the run. How do you think Spags tries to attack the Chargers in a game where he's really not sure what they're going to be doing when they go to the lineup? I don't, even
1: though you, you look at the numbers and say, well, they should obviously just pound the football. I don't think they're going to. I just don't think that's who they are. They want to throw the ball, which <laughs> the Chiefs might not be the worst thing in the world right now. I went back and looked. So, since Spagnuolo's been there, obviously the Super Bowl year of 2019, here are Eckler's numbers against Kansas City. The Mexico City game, he ran five times for 24 yards. He had eight receptions on 12 targets for 108 yards. Then, the Week 17 game in KC, he ran for 46 yards on nine carries. He had nine receptions, this time only 43 yards. Okay? Chiefs won both those games. Now, last year, First game, Eckler, sixteen carries, ninety-three yards. Four catches, fifty-five yards. And then the the last game comes with an asterisk, because the Chiefs played basically nobody in that game, but he ran seven times for eighteen yards. So actually did a good job holding him. And then six carries or six catches for thirty-three yards. The point is, he's probably gonna get targeted a bunch in this game. Like he's had no problem having a half dozen catches. I think if you're the Chiefs And I I don't think I'm going to go on record. They're probably not going to do this because it's not the way Spags plays, but it's what I would do if I was in their situation. I would play a dying defense against them on a lot of downs. I'd basically say, I don't care if you run the ball. I don't care, which I know is going to annoy some people. But I would say, look, we're going to put Thornhill on Eckler in this game. He is not going to beat us. We're taking him completely out of the game, putting Snead on Allen. We're going to roll safety over the top of Williams, and you go ahead and beat us with guys like Guyton. I don't care. That's how you're beating us. Like, I, I, now they won't do that because it's just not who they are. But if I were the Chiefs, that's what I would do because I think the biggest way to get beat by them in this game is Williams over the top, is Eckler bleeding you to death on third and six, and they swing it out to him, and he's one on one with Ben Neiman. It's, Keenan Allen on third down. Like on third down, I would double Keenan Allen. I would double him every single time. It's third down. You think it's a passing down. I would double him. Um, I think that is the way, again, to beat them. Because I don't think they're going to – look, they might run the ball some, but I don't think – they're not Cleveland. They're not Baltimore. They're not going to run the ball for 240 yards. They're just not. That's not who they want to be. It's not who they are. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm sitting there saying nothing cheap, nothing deep. They're not beating me over the top of Williams. And they're not going to just bleed me to death with Eckler. I'll live with Keenan Allen underneath against Snead one on one. If Snead can take him out, that's great. If he can't, and he's got eight catches for 85 yards, I'll live with that. I'll, I don't care. And then on third down, he's not going to beat me on third down. I'll bring in Dime. We'll go six defensive backs. I'll double him, whatever it takes. Um, but I'm not a D coordinator, and Steve Spagnuolo has forgotten more about football than Oliver now. So take that for what it's worth. But I think that's the way that she should play it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The thing about Eckler, right? He's not—he's not a big guy, so he's—and I'm not saying he's not tough, but he's going to be a little bit easier to bring down for the Chiefs' defenders than some other running backs. Obviously, definitely, you know, you're not bringing Nick Chubb or Lamar Jackson down with arm tackles. Um, Eckler's 5'10", 200 pounds, so they probably don't want to pound him too much anyway. They've got Justin Jackson. He ran four times for 21 yards. Um, interestingly enough, though, Dallas, Dallas lit up Tampa Bay's secondary, which Tampa Bay has not been good defending the pass this year. Uh, they've been giving up a lot of a lot of points, um, but they the, Dallas lit them up. They come into this game against the Chargers though, and they run the ball 31 times. Dak Prescott only throws 27 passes, 13 carries for Tony Pollard who right now is running twice as well as Ezekiel Elliott, who I didn't see that one coming. Um, But even Ezekiel Elliott, who hasn't been able to really get going, averaged 4.4 yards a carry against this team. Tony Pollard, interesting guy, 6 feet, 209 pounds. Is this a game where you want to see Jerick McKinnon out there? Mixing it up? I'd rather see Jerick McKinnon.
1: Than, than Edwards and, and and no not because of a fun. okay like you don't you don't base a guy's value off of one play but McKinnon is a good pass catcher he's a he's a much better blocker and I think he's about as good of a runner if not better like I, I look if Edwards O'Leary was a fourth round pick would the Chiefs still be invested in playing him time? <clears throat> I don't know I don't I mean why like look with all due respect to Clyde. What has he ever done that you're like, man, we've got to make sure he's out there. Now, by the way, again, for the last time, I'm going to say this one more time. It's not that I don't think he can play. He's not a bad player. Like this idea that he's some terrible player is is nonsense. It's not true. But yes, he's not been overwhelming. He's not been great. If you go look at his game logs from a year ago, the first game of the year, his first game ever, he ran for 138. Against Buffalo, famously, right? He runs for 161. He has not had any other game in his career where he's rushed for 80 yards. Like He's a guy. That's what he is. He's a guy. He's never had a game where he's caught more than six passes, which, by the way, the time he caught six passes was against the Chargers in week two. Okay. Other than that, here are his catch totals since week two of, of last year. Five, three, three, four, one, three, three, one, one, five, one. And then this year, one, two.
0: Like I don't understand it. I thought that that was why they drafted this guy was to have another a, a weapon out of the backfield. Andy's done that. I mean, Brian Westbrook for goodness sake, like what, but they're not uh, they're just not calling them. just this there's, there's,
1: there's listen. They'll never come out and say it. There's something going on. There's something, either either it's a playbook thing or it's a they don't trust him thing. Um, there's, there's something more to the issues at hand here. I mean, now, by the way, we're talking about McKinnon like he's some God. McKinnon hasn't had a 100-yard game since uh, October 19, 2014. Okay, so, I mean, let's not get that twisted either. Sure. But, you know, I mean, look, he's also a guy that who can catch the ball. Like he's, and he's, he's had a lot of games in his career. He's had more than a half dozen catches, a lot, even, even recently. So I would play him. I would play him. I would. Um, I don't think it's like, oh my God, everything's better now because we have Jared McKinnon on the team. I think that would be an aggressive oversimplification of things. But yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument. McKinnon's just a flat-out better player. I don't. You can't make the argument that Darrell Williams is better. That you can't make that argument. But right. you could make the argument that McKinnon is, and if McKinnon's better, they should play him. Um,
0: yeah. And it's not uh, like the plays don't exist. When when Cream Hunt was with the Chiefs in 2017, he got 53 passes for 455 yards and three touchdowns. In 2018, before you know, he went full knucklehead and got himself thrown off the team. Yep. he had he had 26 receptions uh for 378 yards in 11 games he was averaging 14.5 yards per reception he had seven receiving touchdowns by the way he also had had 824 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns like he was I, I he was it was so exciting watching him that season and I was like oh man like this is this is absolutely incredible. This guy is out of this world. This offense is so so dynamic. And like I feel like when we drafted Clyde, like that's what everybody thought was the point it was like, all right, we lost Cream Hunt, we need to get that back. It makes us so dynamic. And they're not even trying. They're not even calling these no. plays for him.
1: Well, that that's to me the concerning thing. Like they have not even made an attempt to get him involved. Which I know some people say, well then it's not his fault. Okay. Fine. However you want to look at it, they're not even trying to get him on the field in, in, in pass-catching situations. And by the way, part of it is because you can't block. So he's never on the field on third and six. He's never out there. They you can't put him out there because you can't block anybody. They got, if it, if a team shows blitz and they've got to figure out a way to pick it up, they don't want him on the field. They want Darrell Williams or they want Jarek McKinnon. That was one of the reasons Charles was so immense as a pass-catcher. Jamal Charles could block. Yep. I mean, there'd be three or four times a year he takes somebody right off his feet, which, by the way, I want to segue into this real quick because, you know, there's been a lot of negativity, and, and I think, look, it, defensively it's warranted. Edwards lair, it's at least the, the questioning of some things is warranted. There's also been a lot of good things so far this year, a lot of it, of course, on the offensive side of things. Yeah. And one thing that I will say, if the Chiefs should be taking away anything right now after two games, they should be thrilled about, both now and in the future. Those rookies on the offensive line look really damn good, <laughs> like yeah. really good. Uh, I was actually te- texting with uh, Jeff Schwartz yesterday, who's you know old chief player, of course, and and, and a buddy. And I remember when they took Trey Smith. He texted me right away. He's like, "Oh, this is going to be an unbelievable pick for them. Like he's he's great." If you go watch the film of the Chiefs in each of these games, there have been four or five times where Trey Smith has absolutely decleated a defensive tackle. It's happened. At least eight times this year, nine times, he'll take a guy like Brandon Williams, who is a great nose tackle, right? Like 335 pounds and just throw him. It. Like it's, it's incredible how good he's been. Creed Humphrey, it's funny, like he's a complete opposite of Smith in the sense Smith is his big physical mauler. Humphrey, by offensive lineman standards, is not a big guy, but he's so technically sound. He's been great. He's got great athleticism. He gets out in front of the play. And Niang, who I thought against Cleveland was good, not great, has been really, really good, was great against Baltimore, if you go back and watch. And he had a tough assignment. And Justin Houston, that's a vet. That's a guy who's got a lot of sacks in this league. Justin Houston did nothing in that game. Nothing. It's completely taken away. And, and that's, by the way, I'm not saying that that part of it's great because the left side wasn't. Orlando Brown, I thought, was phenomenal. And, and Tooney's played very well. The, the whole line has. But I think we expected that from Brown and Tooney. At least I did. The center-right guard-right tackle combination, which is going to be real cheap for the next four years, man, if those guys stay healthy, that is one hell of a line going forward. That team up front is going to be a problem. Which is, by the way, I don't think it's a coincidence. The Chiefs offensively have just been scoring at will, say, for a couple drives in the fourth quarter, unfortunately, against the Ravens. That's why. Because no one can even get near Mahomes. And if that's the case, good night, regardless of how well they run the ball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We haven't talked a lot about Lucas Yang, and that's a good thing. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, sure you know, is. If there was somebody on that line that we were going to be really concerned about, or you know, that was probably the the candidate to be the worst addition or somebody who could struggle, it was Yang. He's out there on the side yep. on the end by himself. Um, so that's great news. I, I will. I want to throw in this little tidbit. Matt Connor threw this up over on Arrowhead Addict. Um, Mike Sando over at The Athletic did some math on starting lineups in the NFL. Do you know who has the youngest starting lineup through the first two weeks in the NFL? I'm, I'm just going to go off. I don't let me. Chiefs? <laughs> it's the Chiefs. Yeah. No team has fielded a younger starting starting lineups to start the season than the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, a lot of that's because of the the offensive line, but Nick Bolton's 21. Uh, Willie Gay when he comes back is 23. We're, we're we're over here. We're giving Clyde a really hard time. He's 22. Uh, so they've got some really young guys on this team. Some veterans mixed in there is too too on the on the defense. But it's something to take a little bit of heart with. I think right early in the season, really young lineup. Uh, it hopefully bodes well for the future as well. That uh, there's a lot of guys on the team right now that should get better, and that's uh, that's only going to be a good thing for the Chiefs.
1: I'll put it this way: as far as like the defense goes, because the offense is, is fantastic. Usually, when people say this; they're being hyperbolic, but I'm, I'm obviously not here. They can't be any worse defensively. It is it is almost literally impossible. I mean, they would have to basically just grab a guy's hand and go skipping into the end zone and yeah. and just escort them at this point. I, yeah. you can't be worse. They've barely gotten any pressure. They don't stop anybody running the football. They're they're hundred percent the wrong way in the red zone. They're bad on third down. You you can't make up how bad they've been. And I really do believe there have been years with this team. God knows a lot of them. Where you'll watch the Chiefs and you just go, Yeah, they just don't have any talent. They're just not good. Like they, you know, there were years in the Vermeil era and God knows in the Herm era and, and even, even with Andy sometimes, where you'd look at them and just go, it's just not gonna happen. Like, early in Reed's tenure here, when they had that year, which is unfathomable now, where they didn't throw a touchdown to a receiver the whole season. You looked at their group, you're like, yeah, because they stink. Like, other than Dwayne bow they're all terrible, you know? Like, you just knew, well, yeah, they have Donnie Avery. Like, they're just really limited. That's the way this is going to be. There's no right. getting around that. That's not the case with this defense. Chris Jones is an all-pro player. Frank Clark, whatever you want, disappointment. He's a good football player. Jerron Reed is a really good D tackle, and so is Derek Nani. They're different types of D tackles, but they're both very good in what they do. Anthony Hitchens is a good linebacker. Nick Bolton has had some real bad moments, but he's also had some real good ones. Legarius Need is a top end corner. The Chiefs have an All Pro Hall of Fame safety. Like that's seven guys. Like it's not. You're not talking about some team that is nobody. And that doesn't even include guys like Dana and Saunders, who I actually think Saunders has been good this year. Okay? That doesn't even include guys like that Willie Gay, who I reported um, on, on Tuesday, looking looking up right now with his recovery. Um, this is a big week. My understanding, as told by a source, they're ramping up his activity this week with the toe. If the toe does well, come out okay, there's a chance he plays week four against Philadelphia. So hopefully I'll have an update on him here around Friday or Saturday, but as of right now, the chiefs are, are hopeful that he can play week four really dependent upon how he looks uh, as the trainers give him a, a full workup this week. So you're going to get him back here, hopefully very soon. And the chief, for everybody who's been bitching about Spagnuolo, the guy is one of the best coordinators in football. There are not five coordinators better than him in the league. There really aren't go ask anybody in the NFL. So, I firmly believe they will figure this out. They won't be a top five defense, but I do believe this team has the capability of being a top you know, 12 to 15 defense. I really do. And I think they will be. But in the meantime, as they're figuring that out, they've got to find ways to win. And this game for me is the first real big game of the year. Week one, you want to win. It's Cleveland. It's, a, you know, it's kind of a budding rivalry, but look, you don't have to win. They won the game because they won that game. I think they should have beat Baltimore, but at the same point, I don't think it was like an, oh, my God, we have to have it type game. You didn't win. It happens. Probably the hardest road game you're going to have all year. This game is a big game. The Raiders are home to the Dolphins. The Broncos are home to the Jets. They're both probably going to win. If you lose this game, you're dead last in the West. You're two games back of both those teams. So I think the Chiefs will eventually catch both those teams, even if that's the case. But the Chargers are probably your biggest competition, and you lose at home to them. So this is a big game. The Chiefs yeah. have to win. And go look at the AFC, by the way, this week. Everybody who's any good is playing a tomato can. You have to win this game. This is a big game for Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. You don't want to fall too far behind. Whatever you think of the Broncos and the Raiders and their long-term prospects for the season, they're 2-0. and That helps. That helps. So the Chiefs have some ground to make up. And you don't want to have one of these games where you get a bunch of stupid penalties or the offense is sloppy. Those kind of games happen. It better not happen this week. They're coming off a loss. They need to be focused. They need to be mad. And they need to go take care of business at home. All right. It's time to get into our predictions for Sunday's game. i am be honest with you, Virgium. I almost picked against the Chiefs in this game. It's been... I can't remember the last time I picked against them. I didn't pick against them one single time all of last year, but I've always said if they give me a reason to pick them, I'm going to pick them. If they give me a reason to to pick against them, I'm going to pick against them until, until they change my mind. I'm close to the point where when they're going up against good teams, I'm feeling like I might pick against them because of the defense. I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. So I've got Chiefs 31, Chargers 28, I think they're going to eke one out here, but I, I, what I've seen so far, I, it doesn't look like a comfortable win. Although Vegas doesn't agree with me, I think, I think the Chiefs are like six point favorites or something like that. Six and a half. Six and a half.
1: And that line opened at that; it hasn't moved. Um, yeah. See, Alan, this is where you and I divulge or d- diverge a little bit. Like they've played two top ten teams in the football, and they won one game, and just. Basically, handed Baltimore the other game. Now, look, Baltimore had some turnovers as well early in that game, but my God, I mean, Kansas City, as that game wore on, that game was a tragedy from football, from a football perspective. That game was a sideshow, as they just blew the game in the fourth quarter. I get being nervous about the defense, but Kansas City is just so powerful offensively. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose the game. Now, they could. Like to me the fear in this game is that they get no pressure on Herbert and it just turns into a game where he throws 400 yards and five touchdowns because he just can't stop anybody. Yeah. I'm going 38-33. I think they will win the game. I do not think they will cover. I think it'll be a very high-scoring game because why wouldn't it be? The Chargers can't stop anybody, neither can the Chiefs. But I think in the end being at home helps. Having Mahomes really helps. And I think it'll be a game where the Chiefs will stop them a few times. And I also just... And I really believe this. They cannot be any worse defensively. They cannot be. It is impossible to be worse than what they've been. So I do think... Got, I mean, law of averages. Got to be a little better this week. Like, got to get a stop in the red zone. Got to get some stops on third down. If they do that, they're going to win. So, concerned? Absolutely. But, what, but I honestly can say I never really thought about picking against them. they just... This is big. This is a big one. You win this game, you get the two and one, you go play the Eagles, who are by far the easiest team they've played all year long. Okay. And then they come home and play the Bills, who quietly, Josh Allen has been absolutely hideous yeah. early in the season. So we'll see. But this is a big one. You got to win this game. They lose this game. You're going to hear me singing a much different tune about this team that comes Sunday.
0: It's funny because normally I'm like, I would say between the two of us, you, when it comes to the Chiefs, you tend to be the more raw nerve, emotional and normally i'm pretty steady and like hey everybody don't panic right and and um i was a little unhinged in the post game show on sunday but probably more so it was worse than i wasn't after the super bowl um i was i think it was mad i was annoyed so um i hope this isn't a you know a sign of things to come where you're the calm rational one and i'm just going yeah. uh, completely completely bonkers your rants are better than mine the world doesn't need that
1: no, listen. I, I just, I just really believe sometimes teams just lose games. It just happens, you know. I mean, if you go back and look at the Patriots, all those years they're winning Super Bowls, they would routinely start two and two, three and three, or not usually you know two and two, three and two, you know five and three. The year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they were six and four. Last year, Tampa was seven and five. It just happens. Like I've just learned, look, unless the Chiefs get injured, they're making the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. And I got to tell you, if the Chiefs went 11-6 and six, and they were the three seed, they got in the playoffs, and the last three or four weeks of the year they were playing their best football, you want to play them? I don't yeah. give a shit where the game is. Excuse the language. I don't care. Buffalo, <laughs> Cleveland, Baltimore, bring on all of them. right? If you're the Chiefs, it's about being healthy, and it's about playing the best football as the year goes on. I get it's frustrating. They're not playing well defensively. I truly believe they'll get much better as the year goes on. They have too much talent not to. I just look at KC, and I really believe the talent's there. Like, And I also believe, by the way, they've played two really good teams, and they should be 2-0. and like, It's not like they've been getting blown out in these games. They won right. one of them. They should have won the other. I think in the end, I think they go home this weekend. I don't think it's easy. I, I think the Chargers are a playoff team. They're a good team. It's going to be a game that's back and forth. Herbert's going to make a lot of plays. But I do believe that in the end, Mahomes and the offense will make enough plays. They'll win the game. They'll get the two and one. And then you got to stretch ahead. It's not bad. The Eagles, look, they've been a little frisky, but the Chiefs clearly should win that game, even on the road. Then you got the Bills at home. They're at home. And I got to say, the Bills actually play right in the Can't see his hands because they can't run the ball either. Like they want to throw and throw and throw. That, that's perfect for the Chiefs. And then you play Washington, who has a good front seven, a good defense. But, like, I mean, if if Taylor Heineke beats Patrick Mahomes, I'll be very surprised. So, for the Chiefs, you win this game, things start setting up a lot nicer for you. you, I mean, we've talked about it all offseason. The hardest stretch of the season for the Chiefs is the first five games of the year. No doubt. Well, this is a big one. You win this game, I think you're in great shape. I really do. I think if they win this game, they're right where they need to be. Both for the division, for the one seed, for all of it.
0: Yeah, and it, sometimes it's about perspe- perspective too. We've only had two games. If the Chiefs had that Browns game in Week One, and then they won three in a row, and the defense played you know league average, something like that, and then they lost another game to Baltimore the way that they did, we wouldn't we wouldn't all be on the, the ledge about the run defense and, and all those things. We what we'd be saying is you know what. Yeah, the run defense isn't great, but they played two of the best teams in the NFL at running the football, and that's going to ding your stats up a little bit, right? Um, we would not be, we may not even be talking about the run defense. We'd just be like, yeah, you know, those teams are really good at running the ball. That's what they do. Chiefs split, you know, we're happy. So it'll be interesting after three or four more games to see what we're talking about, but perspective matters.
1: Yeah, like what if these games, what if the Cleveland Baltimore games are week eight and week nine of the season? Like, you'd be like, man, the defense really stunk the last couple of weeks. We've got to get it together. Yep. And that would pretty much be it, right? Like, I just firmly believe in great, great teams. They're great. And I know it sounds like a really stupid fortune cookie thing to say, but like, I, I love baseball, although the A's have tested that to the limit this year. Um, but if you have a guy who hits 290 every year, and in April he hits 240, it's probably going to be a month. It's 340. It's just got you are what you are. They're a great team. And by the way, if you notice, nobody outside Kansas City and even a, a sliver of panic. It's been like, oh, yeah, Chiefs. They lost that game. Huh, that's weird. Like, no one even, like, you don't even blink. They're, and it's the same thing for us. Like, when the Packers got beat 38 to 3 by New Orleans, there wasn't a doubt in my mind the Packers were going to bounce back and be really good because they're really good. They have Rodgers. Like, they're going to win a bunch of games. I think when you're a fan of the team, it's such a different perspective. Like, I know my, one of my best friends, he came over. He's a huge Packers fan. And he came over for the Monday night game. And they're playing the Lions. He's sweating bullets. And I was just laughing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, they're going to win this game. Like, they're at home against the Lions. Going, I know, I know, but they've been terrible. And like, they won the game, they won the game going away. Like, I just think when you're in it, emotionally invested, you think of all the things that can go wrong. When you're not emotionally invested, you look at it and go, yeah, but they're just better. But that's They're just better. They're going to win. Yeah. And I really feel like that's what it is right now with the Chiefs. Like they, as long as they're healthy, they're going to win a bunch of games. I, for the record, I still think they're going to win 13, 14 games this year. I do. And I
0: think if they do that, they're the one seed.
1: And if they're the one seed, good luck. Good luck going in there and beating them. So I think
0: they're okay. uh, I'll tell you, they, they do owe me money because I, I told you on the post-game show I had that eight-game parlay. Three bucks to win like 120. The Packers won you did all this the yourself. eight games. Eight games I picked correctly. I had to pick the Raiders. I had to stomach doing that. And that my own team, my own team cost me. So I'm going to send a bill to Clyde edwards helaire for $122. So he can afford it. And I'm going to use that money when he sends me the check to buy Count Chocula. However many boxes of Count Chocula I can get for $122. let us do the math. Let's say, all right, so 122, let's say Count Chocula, what, five bucks? That's 24 and a half boxes of Count Chocula. That's that's half the year. I can get through a box a week, roughly half the year. That'd be all right. That'd be all right. So put the word out to Clyde. Does he have a Twitter? I, no, Micah, don't ask
1: anything to the <laughs> yes but
0: please don't yeah we're my not we're not God. trying to please There's don't go trolling on our behalf yeah that's who, like after the worst. a game
1: at the player on twitter and i'm like oh you caused me my fantasy league yeah i'm sure he's very right. really concerned i'm sure it's yeah. killing him meanwhile the guy yeah. just let down everybody in his locker room and you're over there you know johnny couch potato who just lost his free league fantasy football game? To, right. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You cost me. Now my brother's got. You know he's got bragging rights. Oh, <laughs> please don't at player. I can't stand right. when I'm critical of somebody, like I'm off of a film study or even off of just watching game live, and somebody like in, in the comments will at the player and be like, "See, I told you you're terrible." You're like, yeah, "That's great, thanks."
0: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: what is wrong with you? Anybody you know, so,
0: who does that should have to they, – they should have to go right to the player's face and and, and deliver the message. So if they reach out to I, him on Twitter and they're like, you yeah. suck, you're terrible, like, yeah, lock him in a room with Clyde and see how that works out for him. I always laugh when you get the guy at the bar who's like, you know, the
1: game's on TV. He's just something like, oh, you know, I could have gained seven yards on that. And means it because, you know, he was like all county back in high school, right? you know, 40 years ago. You're Like okay, Jim Bob, I, I would pay good money to see you get a handoff in an NFL game. See how many yards <laughs> you can gain. Like I don't care how big the hole is. You know? Do you remember the show when we can wrap? I know we've been on for like an hour. Um, have you ever seen the show that it used to be on? It's been on off the air now, probably for a decade. Like pros versus joes.
0: I I, it I remember it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they would have. I mean, obviously, they would have like former professional athletes, you know, out way beyond their prime who would come on and they play against guys, just random people, you, me, most of our listeners, I'm sure, who are just people who believe, hey, you know what? If I if I didn't have that bum ankle, I could have gone pro. And <laughs> I remember one of the, the shows, like Eric Dickerson was on it, and they set up two dummies, I don't know, maybe six feet apart, and you had to try to tackle Eric Dickerson in, like, this, like, made-up hallway on the football field. And this guy who was going against him was probably, I don't know, five eight and, like, a buck 70 and was just talking an <laughs> obscene amount of crap. Like, And so the first play, you, it gets very obvious. Like, Eric Dickerson like, kind of just, like, was, like, jogging through the hole. And the guy kind of yeah. holds on to him a little bit. And he didn't really tackle him, but just slows him down. And he gets up, and he just starts jawing at Eric Dickerson. And Eric Dickerson <laughs> has this look on his face like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the next time he hits the hole like he's about 28 years old with a full head of steam, he kills this guy. Like knee pad to the throat just kills him. And this guy, like, dude's like face down on the oh. ground just like holding his neck. <laughs> like,
0: I was like, <laughs> that's-, that's the end of Rose versus Joe's. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's like, over. Just, Here comes the lawsuit.
1: Right on the thirty-yard line. Yeah, and it just went to show. Like Eric Dickerson, at that point had to be in his forties. Just destroyed. I like, folded this guy up like a chair. It was unbelievable. I always think I'm, about that when, when you get. The, I hope the
0: it's on the dude internet. The and stuff like that. I hope it's on the internet. Um
1: I've looked. I've never been able to find it, but it, I'm telling yeah. you, it was. It, hopefully, you can find it. It was incredible. He he yeah. literally it looked like me running through a toddler. He was it was <laughs> that's, unbelievable. That's pretty much what it is. Guy. Yeah. And the guy just it. like folds in half like in the fetal position and doesn't mm. move. Yep. And it's just yep. that's it.
0: So he's probably still laying there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've i met Eric Dickerson, big man.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I don't think people understand, at least some people don't, how big and how fast these guys are. I remember standing on sidelines during NFL games when I was an intern for ESPN in college. I worked a handful of them in the night games, and I remember watching Vince Wilfork like warm up, probably 350 pounds. Vince Wilfork's lateral quickness was insane. Like you'd be watching, oh my god! Like how is that guy? I remember I was on the sideline once for a game with uh, where Derek Johnson was for, on the Chiefs, and it was in the prime of his career. He like he came out, he wasn't wearing his jersey. He was just wearing a sweatshirt, it was warm up, and he was running around. And I, I, thought he was a DB, like just from his his speed. And then I looked, and the number, you know, number fifty six. Of course, like you know, he got closer. I could see his face. I was like, that that's Derek Johnson. That guy's a linebacker. Like, you watch the games. I remember, you know, seeing Terrell Owens when. I mean, look, I've had the pleasure of covering the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, fan side and I remember like meeting Patrick Mahomes and talking to him Patrick Mahomes is not that much smaller than Travis Kelsey which like to think about that is bonkers like Kelsey's 6'5", 260 Mahomes is probably 6'4", 235 like these guys are huge so the next time you're at a bar and Johnny is like you yeah, know I could have made that play you know no Johnny couldn't have made that play believe me Johnny would be in a coma right now if he tried to make that play
0: yeah, Willie Lanier is in his seventies, and he could probably lay both of us out right now. No problem.
1: The oh, yo. <laughs> man's nickname was Contact.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Was, yeah, he was at the draft. He was at the draft one year when I was covering it, and I, I really kind of I, I had joked on Arrowhead Attic like, "Hey, do you think if I give if I give Willie twenty bucks, he'll lay me out? Like it just would be a, it'd be an honor, you know? Take three steps, put me on my ass. Um, he wouldn't be the first one to want to do that. All right, everybody, we're gonna get out of here." Listen, so this is an afternoon kick. Uh, what is it? a three three twenty five something no, like that. Oh, oh, is it noon? It's a noon kick. Okay, so noon kick, and then we're going to be live for our post game show round six thirty seven on the Arrowhead Addict uh, YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out. Watch our twitters at our Patrick Allen at Matt We'll be tweeting about it. I think Matt Connor's going to join us. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be fun time. So we'll see you guys after the game. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us reviews over at Apple and all that stuff. And as always, go Chiefs. I got to go find some Count Chocula.
1: Go to Target.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they don't have it, I'm going to just ask to talk to the manager.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.